Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. Um, I got uh, a few comments about my show uh, last week that was, uh, there, there was mostly positive. Um, and I'm glad. I'm glad that worked out. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I um, attempted to do that again. Again, that was speaking to you throughout my day, different times of the day, and about different thoughts I was having and I am having. Um, because getting guests has become a job unto itself. Um, so that's one thing. You'll, we'll be playing that shortly. Uh, I wanted to tell you about a guest we had for Shabbat. Um, we had a boy who is it's his first time in Israel. He is 20 years old. So I say a boy, but I guess he's a man, right? And he is my son's old best friend. It's funny to say that because we left America and my son, my oldest son, was four years old. This is his best friend who was a baby, basically. And um, the mother's was my best friend. And, um, you know, these two have not been in touch really at all. We have gone back to the States and they have seen each other, you know, maybe three times over the past 15 years. But, you know, they're not in touch really. And um, I was really looking forward to this and it went very well. They are very different, but they're very accepting of each other. And um, that's what I was a little bit uh, worried about. And, you know, kids are different when they're raised in America and when they're raised here. Um, It's very different. And it's kind of funny to see someone who's here for the first time, see Israel through their eyes and hear their questions and the reactions to things. And it's just so great. Um, I, I'm so thankful. Uh, I said this to my husband, Jordan. I'm so, I'm so glad we made Aliyah. I'm so glad we did. Our children are bilingual and, you know, foreign languages are nothing to them. That's just one little thing. One little thing. Their worldview is different. Um, their, their attitude is different. Um, Americans are very American. They think the whole world revolves around them. I was the same way. I was the same way. But you do change when you're in a foreign country. And it's very healthy to get out of America and see, yes, there's a whole other world there. There's a whole other world that operates in kilometers and operates, um, the temperature is in um, Celsius and um, the measurements are kilo. And you know, that's the way the rest of the world works. Um, and you have to adapt and learn. It's not that hard. People don't have to change for you. You change for them. This boy has a very healthy attitude. He's, he's a smart guy. Smart guy. Great attitude. And he's only here for four weeks, so I'm glad he got to come to Susia. And um, any of you listening... When you come to Israel, if you come to Israel, please look me up. Get in touch with me, Natalie, at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. That's my email. Use it. Tell me you're coming. Tell me where you'll be. And, you know, we'll work something out so I can get you down here to see this 
beautiful part of Israel, Yehuda and Shamron, especially my community down here in the southern Hebron Hills, where you would never come on your own. You would never come here, even with an organized tour. It's just not among the highlights of Israel. It's not among the beaten track. All right, I'm going to play for you now um, different parts of my life that I've recorded over the past week. What just happened is there's a group at the pool here of Kitachet girls. That's like eighth grade girls, and they're having their end of the year pool party. Wow. Listen to what they're listening to. You recognize that? Sound of music in Hebrew. It's amazing. There are like 50 girls in the water, all standing together doing these like little dances. It is so cute. I can't explain it, but like I get all choked up after all these years. I don't know why. There are two girls on the side of the pool, like leading, leading the dance. I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm riding a bus and I'm recording from the bus, <coughs> taking a bus from Susi to Beersheba, where I'm meeting my husband at the university, and then we're driving together to my son, who is his, uh, in the Mechina in Jerusalem, and it's his um, like graduation ceremony. And um, it's funny, you would think, why are you taking the bus? You know, you have a car. But it's just easier. It's easier to, uh, and also, we don't want to take separate cars. But it's easier for me. And the bus is great because you see all kinds of people. You see students and I see my daughter's friends are on the bus, soldiers, uh, working mothers. It's so cool. It's not like um, a status symbol or I, I guess it's not reflective of what kind of um, lifestyle you have. It doesn't mean like you're poor if you ride the bus at all. Um, it's very, very cool, and the buses are nice. They're like coach buses. And um, it's 45 minutes from our Yishuv to Beersheba. It's like, I don't know, it might be nine shekel, which is about $3. Um, pretty great. And we go, there are maybe four stops. Another Yishuv gets here, another one SIL, um, the municipality. And that's it, and you're there. So, um, you know, it beats waiting in traffic and dealing with, uh, you know, uh, 
a very busy, what's it called, um, heavy traffic, what's it called, uh, rush hour, yeah. You don't have to deal with rush hour and you don't have to deal with being alone in the car. And you can relax. I'm all for the bus. When I fly, uh, I take the bus, actually, from Susia to the train station, and then I take a train to the airport. And all my luggage fits on the bus easy underneath and on the train, and I never have to worry about driving, I never have to worry about parking, I never have to worry about being late. Um, it takes you uh, right there. It's great. The buses in Israel are amazing. They go everywhere. They go to every issue. The most far-flung hilltop they'll go to. It's awesome. One thing I'm just now... Um, I'm on my walk, and we, well, during our walk, I'll just tell you what I'm doing now. I'm on a rock, sitting on a rock, and Packer, my dog, is right here with me, wandering around. I'm, he's on a leash, and he's sniffing around, and we have our little water break. And anyway, I'm um, sitting here kind of outside the goat farm. You hear the tractor. But I um, am looking to see if we should order a kugel for Shabbat, because there is a family here that makes kugel, and it's pretty nice. There are families here that do things like that. Like, there's a family that has a bakery here. There's a family that makes kugel. There's a family that does um, hummus. There's, there used to be a family that made pizza, and then there actually a pizza place opened up. Um, so that's kind of nice. Um, I mean, you can just like go to this person's house, like the bakery, and they have a refrigerator like on their porch, and you can pay them on Paybox and go take a box of uh, cookies or a cake, whatever they make. It's, it's awesome. It's just awesome. And um, the Google, that'll be delivered to us. I think. Maybe we go pick it up. I don't remember. But I think they bring it to us. Hummus and it was brought to us. Um, that's like every Thursday. Um, you know, we don't do these things all the time. Some of the stuff isn't that good, honestly. And you know, it's just cheaper and better, the stuff we buy in the store. But it's so nice to get fresh food from your neighbors and like support your neighbors a little bit, you know. And it's just so neat, you know. Like if we don't have time to make rice or something, order Kugel. I love that. Um, but as I was <clears throat> thinking that I, I'm counting who is going to be home for Shabbat, and last night, my husband and I were in Yerushalayim at my son's mechina um, ceremony, a closing ceremony. They call it tekasium. It's like, it, it, kind of like a graduation. He's like 19. It was a little silly, but fine. It, was, it lasted a long time. It was in in Karam. In Karam, I think I'm saying it right. It's um Jerusalem neighborhood where the big Hadassah hospital is. And wow, what a very cool neighborhood. If any of you are from Philadelphia, there's a neighborhood called Maniunk. Um, it's the same type of area. That's at least where his mechina was, in that type of area, like kind of artsy, lots of pubs and fancy little restaurants, um, but old stone, everything's old, Jerusalem stone and artsy and on hills and kind of dilapidated, like lots of grapevines and um, like very narrow streets. Um, you know, the sidewalk cafes spill out onto the sidewalk. I mean, you can't even... Well, there is no sidewalk to walk on. You have to actually walk through the restaurant because you otherwise you'll be on the street. And um, and as we were driving to pick him up, pick up his things from where he was living, we had to actually drive all around. And they're putting a light rail in there. And then there are these really modern, tall apartment buildings. Really, really nice. Um, the other section. And then there's you know, lots of parks and playgrounds and really beautiful and probably high-end neighborhood in Yerushalayim but the drive home is really fast and why am I telling you this? Why am I telling you this? Yes, I'm telling you this because I think all my kids are going to be home for Shabbat as I'm sitting here um, 
thinking about that, I I think that is also something that um, I don't mention to you, but it's a rare thing, and it's not just me talking, this is all of us parents here with teenagers. It's not, uh, it's not usual for everyone to be home for Shabbat. It's an occasion, because it just doesn't happen often. And um, it's exciting for all of us that everyone's home. The fact that everyone's home will actually encourage my soldier who often goes away when he's home for Shabbat because he wants to go to friends or whatever, it will encourage him to stay home. And then I get a full kitchen and everybody helps and it's a full house and it's very nice because, you know, they're growing so fast. Okay, mister, you want to go? We got to go. Mr. Packer's impatient. Um, I was just thinking of something that was going through my head as I was driving home last night from Yerushalayim and driving through that neighborhood, Ankaram. I was just describing to you earlier the neighborhoods and the tall, newer buildings which, by the way, are all Jerusalem stone. Um, I didn't mention that. But also the, uh, the older artistic area. Um, and thoughts that were going through my head were that, and, and you see all the construction also in the middle of the road because they're um, building the light rail and extending it into that area. The thing that was going through my head was like how everything in Israel, different parts of Israel, wherever you go, um, wherever you go, okay, I'm talking, there is growth, there's growth, and it is so, um, energizing to, to be part of that, to live here, you are part of that, um, in whatever way you contribute, taxes, you know, you just see it, and it's so, um, it's, it's just, uh, like a shot in the arm when you actually look up in the sky and see scaffolding, see new uh, energy and new construction and a thriving economy. Um, something else that brings this right in front of my eyes is I took this uh, webinar the other day for my uh, job. I think I told you all, I'm working with an IP firm now. And um, I'm still with Hasala also. And uh, I'm like a trademark advisor for uh, for an IP company here. Very cool company. Um, and I took this uh, webinar about business, the business climate in China. And it was like an introduction to China and then there'll be a second part. So this introduction to China was just great. It was a map and explained all the different regions and provinces and cities and what the difference of the population is and all this type of thing. And they showed a graph of um, now, 2022, and 30 years into the future, where things will be in 2050, and how the younger people are not having big families. They're to one and two children per family in China. That's been their policy for a while. Um, and that working population will not be able to support the older population. And it is a concern and they need to do something about it. 
And the graph um, the speaker told us that they showed us, it was more like a, some kind of table chart, you know. Um, he said that is being generous. The numbers are generous, meaning like they're actually going to, it's going to be worse than what they're showing, they're predicting. Okay. Then they showed the same graph of Israel. And this is what he said. He said, look at this, this is Israel. This is every country's dream. Large families, families have lots of children and the working population will be large enough to support a smaller elder population. And it looked like a tree. It was wide at the bottom and like a, like a pine tree. And got smaller and smaller as it went up. Perfect. And they had it divided by girls and boys. And to hear that and to see that and to, I guess, um, be part of that is so exciting. And, you know, I live not near a city where there's this huge growth. But even here in my yeshuv, we've always been growing. Um, they're on their fourth neighborhood now with double houses and they're sold. I see names on the houses already. Um, things are always growing and changing and improving in big ways and in little ways. Um, I think I've discussed this with you. They have these funny jobs here in these yeshuvim, um, that just, I think don't exist, uh, any like in America or maybe just in cities. But, you know, the youth director and community director, and um, this is a big job. Each of these is a big job, the community director, and that's the person in charge of um, holidays and gatherings and events and things like that. Well, the community here has grown, and they've now made that a two-person post, and they've given, so one person is in charge of, like, community um, events and the other person is in charge of more private um, internal things I guess uh, when families are going through difficulties this one person uh, connects them with the social worker and um, if we need uh, help getting you know like she one her person is helping me with the yachnia and she's trying to get um, funding for our uh, to, to do a she puts to do a, a small renovation and to get us to do a bait cafe project with the teenagers uh, then the other the other person now is like sending out all these posts of events going on women's night and um, children's library day things like that there's a lot going on even our little community there's a lot going on um, and it's grown and it is growing and it, I love that uh, people think forward they even hired a couple of years ago an outside company to evaluate our yeshuv and the management and the future. Um, that's what a company does. That's what a business does. Not a community, but they did. Very, very smart. Um, I just love that. I love that, and I love being part of it in even my own little small way. Um, a couple of weeks ago, a, a, a woman, a donor, was here and I took her 
to see what projects she did. This I think I told you she she uh, funded a pergola picnic table area outside of the yeshuv in the Jordan Valley, Mivot Yucho. This is the first yeshuv to be recognized uh, a couple years ago by the by the, by the government. Uh, Netanyahu was there, a ceremony, you know, declaring it um, legal. I actually went. I was invited to to go there and, and see him. It was like 50 of us in a tent. It was hilarious. Anyway, <laughs> so I took her and two of her friends came. She's um, going to turn 80 at the end of the, uh, I think at the end of this year. Great woman. And um, she's the kind of lady, she's pretty, pretty, pretty accomplished, but really down to earth. And um, I mean, she's been to my home, you know, she's seen my sloppy house and everything, you know, eating my food and um, ridden to my car. So, I mean, she's great. I've been to her home. So I took her to this place and I planned also to take her swimming in this uh, kind of like natural swimming hole I also did with the donor a couple years ago. I call it a pool because that's me, but most people would call it a swimming hole. Um, it's built into the side of a mountain at the bottom of the mountainside. And uh, it's natural, natural water. Like they pose in water, but it's not like chlorinated or anything, you know, and it's not blue, you know, it's brown water. And you know, there's, it's like next to a, there's no place to change, you know, it's next to a cave, <laughs> it's all rocky. So we went there with two of our older friends, these three, me and these three older ladies. And it's just so funny, like, they, you know, they changed into their bathing suits. I held a towel up, they were in a cave. There were these teenage boys in the pool, they turned around. Why am I telling you this? She now um, wants to add for them shading and steps going into the pool and a flooring, and they need it, you know? They, you know, they, they do need it. There is no shade there. There are no steps. We had to, like, sit on rocks, and I had to, like, help each woman. And um, even development on that level from individuals like you makes a difference and contributes here. Um, it's great what one person can do. She's not a millionaire, okay? This isn't millions of dollars. Um, so if any of you want to contribute in your small way to uh, helping Israel grow, contact me and I'll find you something. I have a few of these people. I find them small projects and um, help them make a difference, okay? So reach out to me. I know you all reach out to me for all kinds of things. I had a great... Uh, successful interaction after my last show somebody wrote in telling me she is in her planning stages of Aliyah I think she's British and she is looking for a long-term apartment in Israel that has like meals so I, I'm guessing she's an older woman um, is there a place like that and I wrote in one of my groups and I got an answer I got an agent who handles things like that and set them up and got it done made a connection and hopefully that'll work out. So yeah, I guess I am kind of a resource for people making Aliyah. So if you do have questions, or if you aren't coming, but want to help in your own way from there, also, that is being part of Israel. It is, um, you know, I guess I'm the person. I just want to say one more thing that I was just thinking about, which is funny. You know, I'm a lifeguard here. This is my 11th summer, I think. 
Um, and I was a lifeguard when I was younger. I got like my first, uh, I guess, lifeguarding certificate or whatever. I did my first course when I was young, 14, 15 maybe, I don't know. Uh, I, at summer camp in Maine, you know, I trained in a lake. And then I did it again when I was 21, I think, in college. I took it as like a college course. And, you know, I've worked in various pools um, throughout my life, I guess. But, you know, I would never be doing this in any other place. I would never be doing this in America, for sure. I don't know if you can be a lifeguard at 50 years old um, or even 40. I've never seen an older person as a lifeguard. Maybe indoor pools have them. I don't know. But where I grew up at the beach, uh, we had a community there, you know, like nine swimming pools. All the lifeguards were young and blonde and beautiful and tan and thin. Um, here you don't see that. You hear, you see all kinds of things. Um, and I definitely would not be doing this if I was in the States. I remember my dad like laughing at me when I told him I was lifeguarding 10 years ago. He didn't understand. <laughs> but things are different here. And, you know, you can redefine yourself. Also, just the, the, the standards here are different. And the... Um, it's not the expectations that are different, but the status symbols and things like that are kind of changed. They're different. It's a different country. For instance, there's another great example. I remember learning about a family that had made Aliyah when we were still in Philadelphia. And um, a woman I was friends with was friends with this family that had made Aliyah. And she told me proudly that this family husband was a gardener in Israel. I remember my reaction. I was thinking, what kind of Jewish man with a family is a gardener? Like, that's not a profession. That's not a way to support your family. That's weird. That's what foreigners do. Or that's just a weird thing. I don't understand how you could be proud to be a gardener. But <laughs> again, things are different here. Um, there are three people here in Susie, I think, who are gardeners. And they're, you know, older than me, and this is their livelihood. And it's, yeah, it's, um, it's cool. Things are different here. I just love that. Um, whenever there are donors here, this woman, too, who was just here with me, asking, what do people do to make a living here? And their faces, when they get their answers, are just so funny because it's just like mine was. Because um, people here are Ganenets. A Ganenet is a kindergarten teacher and teachers and, like I said, you know, work builders and gardeners. And their face is, like, a little bit, they, they don't, they, they kind of have a blank expression. Like, I think they just don't get it. They don't understand how can you support a family with jobs like that. But here in Israel, you can. Here in Israel, those are real professions and those are, um, respectable professions and it's not the way I was raised everyone's a doctor or a lawyer not at all not at all not like that that I love you you change up what we think and America is not the only country in the world that's another thing you learn here I learned that early on when I was a student there are lots of other countries in the world lots of different places America is not the only one
I hope you can hear that. That is the sound of children. I'm in Susie now. It's like 1.30 in the afternoon. It's the last day of school. And there are little groups wandering all around the yeshuv of children for the last day. I just passed a group of girls on the grass in front of the store. And the teacher and I recognize each other. She's my daughter's old teacher from a few years ago, Kita Hay, which I guess is something like fourth grade. I don't know, around there. And she's sitting with all her girls, you know, about 30 girls. They're eating ice cream uh, on the grass. And then across the grass is a bunch of boys. Um, Also, I don't know what they're eating or playing with a ball. And when I left this morning, the pool had a class. And then as I left, there were my son's classes wandering around and everyone's wandering around. And I just wanted to say this. When people come visit Israel and they come visit the Yishuvim, often the Yishuvim are empty because the tourists come during the day when the kids are in school. And they've said to me um, on more than one occasion, where are all the people? And um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, they're here, but when you come in the middle of the day, you don't see the busyness and the lively life, you know, that exists in this place. You, you see it when the kids go to school in the morning, you see it when they come after in the afternoon, you see it um, in the evenings, you see it in, in you know, on, on Shabbat when everyone's at shul and at the playground and taking walks. And you see it at different times of, of life and different times of the day. Um, and today, um, I was at the pool and there was a class, I told you, like three hours long. And what, what was I going to tell you? There was this one woman who came, an older woman, and she came and she thought that it was the time for the public to swim. And I'm there with about, I'm helping the woman who runs the class. You know, I'm there with like 20 girls, 30 girls. And um, she walks all the way to the deep end, this woman, and said, Natalie, I'm sorry, I came at the wrong time. Can I swim anyway? And I said to her, you really can't. There are a million girls here, you know. It's going to be disruptive to you, and it's, and it's disruptive to them, and I can't watch you both. She, please, Natalie, please, you know, I, I can't come again. Whatever, I let her swim. But um, there's usually a rope in the pool that separates the swimmers, which are the older women, from the rest of the pool. And the women get really annoyed um, when the little girls are sitting on the rope or coming into their lane or even close to their lane. And I do these races every week. I haven't done them yet this summer, but I'm starting next week. And I make this big announcement and I have the kids race and we need to clear the pool. And I need those mothers and babies and older women to get out, but they don't want to. And the older women really, really are angry with me for taking their time um, for the younger girls to do this race. But it's very important for young girls to be um, sporty and to be competitive and to learn how to win and to learn how to lose. And I did this my whole life. I was always second place. Um, and I, and, and I developed a lot of self-confidence by racing in the water and I wasn't the best and I wasn't the fastest, but I got a lot of self-confidence and I think it's very important for girls to do this. So I do it anyway. And the, the older women are mad at me and the mothers are mad at me because they all have to get out. And I, it's, it, I mean, it lasts maybe, maybe eight minutes. I mean, it's not like a long time. It's not the Olympics. But uh, I was thinking today, wow, I really hope that never happens to me. I, I hope I don't become one of these older women 
who who don't like kids and don't see the value in uh, educating children and giving them the pool for eight minutes. Um, I hope not. I hope not. Uh, there is a very special spirit in Israel, I think all over Israel. And I've seen the slogan, Israel is for children. And wherever you go here, you will see a playground. Everywhere. Playgrounds are everywhere. They're prominent. They're one of the most important um, projects that happen and that occur in all the cities and all the small towns, all the yeshuvim, every kibbutz, moshav, there's going to be a playground um, because babies and children and young families, that is a very, very strong value here. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. And I love hearing the noise and the chattering and yeah, sometimes it's annoying. True. You know, kids, you can only, you know, for so long, but it's so, it's so healthy. It's so healthy to, to have them outside, you know, together, talking, laughing, throwing a ball, eating ice cream, pushing, shoving, doing gymnastics on the grass, singing songs, clapping hands, walking, climbing, swimming. It's so, it's so healthy. Um, it's so, it's so basic. And it's one of the reasons I love living here. You, you see and you experience life and you're very social and, and everyone is, you know, doing that old fashioned kind of life, um, interacting. It's just a very healthy way to be in life. And it doesn't even matter if you know the language or not. It doesn't matter. Um, I play basketball here every Thursday night. And, you know, I don't know what these women are saying half the time. I mean, I kind of do. But a lot of it, like, you don't need the language. And to get hung up on, you know, I don't have Hebrew, I don't have Hebrew, it's really not that important. It really, in the end of the day, it's not that important. To be part of a community and to have your family grow here, Everything will work out, and everything does work out. Um, there was something I wanted to add to all my little uh, notes and comments, something that was brought to my attention just a few minutes ago this morning at the pool. Um, I saw a father here. It's morning time. The, I think I told you the men and the women swim separately, and I guard them all. And there was a father here, and I guarded last night there was a group of boys um the kita zayn chet was here last night which is like i think seventh and eighth grade boys anyway i said to him oh i i didn't see your son last night in the group was he here and the father was like oh i don't know and i started laughing and i and he was like what i go it's so funny the parents here all of them if you ask them where their kids are at night none of them know because I'm here at the pool often at these groups, with uh, guarding these groups. So I see the kids, I see the teens, teenagers, so I know they're here. But the parents never know, because I see them the next day. And I ask them, you know, did your, did your daughter have a good time? And they're like, huh, what are you talking about? So we are very lucky here. I don't know if it's just Susia. I think it's actually all of Israel. I really do think this goes on everywhere. I think I speak for all parents. But we don't really know where our children are. And I say children, and I'm not talking just like teenagers, I'm talking like young children. Um, when you live in a small place like these different yeshuvim, there are activities and the friends get together all times, day and night. Every night my kids are out. They've always been out every night. They're making tea on the court, they're playing soccer, they're uh, doing a fire, doing a barbecue, they do something called a poike which is like a big pot of stew they make on a fire. And while that's going on, they play games. 
they they go out, they leave the house at like nine o'clock at night. And I guess they come home around midnight. You know, you hope they come home. Um, you, you don't really need to worry. You don't need to keep tabs on them. And it's something we parents who live out here, I don't think we take it for granted. I think it's just the way of life here. Um, and we maybe don't appreciate it as we should, because I know that is not the case for parents all over the world and the rest of the world. Um, but here, you really don't worry about your kids. You don't need to worry about your kids in that way, their whereabouts. And it's so great. It's just, it's just so easy. So that part of life here is, um, is easy. Well, that's about it for today's show. Thank you all for listening. And again, um, please contact me if you have comments, if you have questions, suggestions, um, at Natalie at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And, um, you know, keep up your uh, interest. I, I love your questions, the comments, and the suggestions. I do. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope I have more material for you in the coming summer days. Enjoy your week, everyone. Shavuot get the inside news on Israel. At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. With scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from League City, Texas, now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Darba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nikolaiko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Doris from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. opinion and more you're listening to israel news talk radio 